Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hey, Eric, how are (laughs) you? I'm great, man. I am great. You know why I'm I'm so good. Are you really? I'm fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) The hair looks extra high today. That's the unshowered look. Oh, is it? So yep. when you un- when you don't shower, the hair gets more elevation? Uh, you, correct. If it's short enough. At a certain point, it gets too long and it collapses under its own weight. Sure. Understood. Well, listen, you know what never collapses under its own weight? Our presenting sponsor, because we are... Powered by... Communitycars.com Sponsor of the pod, Illusion Hysterics. Illusion Legends talk with Ward and Eric. Not your smoothest segue. <laughs> Listen, man, they can't all be gold. They can't all be gold. You know, I'm just happy we got to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. Right out of the gates. Not too much chit-chat, just some hair talk and right into it. Community Cars, the best car dealerships in the world, run by the greatest people in the world, designed to give you, the people of the greater Bloomington area, the best deals in the world. Eric, am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, but I just have to say, Ward was in a terrible mood before we started this. <laughs> and what he is doing now is called overcompensating <laughs> i mean he is just on one i give you credit you you have uh, corrected your governor is working and it is just so far in the high energy uh part of the the red part of the dial that it just makes me laugh it just makes me absolutely laugh well, you know, that's that's mostly what I'm trying to do here is make you laugh. If it makes you laugh, then maybe it'll make the listeners laugh and we'll get to keep doing the show. But what's no laughing matter is when you're buying a car. No. And you're going to spend your hard-earned money and you want to make sure that it goes to a company that's going to take care of you. That's not going to make you feel like you need to take a shower after talking to them. You want to give it to a company in an ideal world where you know the company stands for the same things you stand for, like 
Indiana basketball, hell like yeah. IU athletics. Yes. Like what? Yes. Yes. Hell yes. Yes. Hell yes. And big supporters of Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. So Evan Martin, his family, the Martin family, communitycars.com. You want to buy it online? You want to buy it over the phone? You want to do it in person? They'll ship the car to you. Ward, what do you get when you buy a car these days? You get three free Yamaha pianos. Wow, three of them. I've never heard of a three Yamaha piano giveaway, but one that's for the kind every, of people they are. One for every member of the family? Sorry, I wasn't I wasn't ready. I wasn't locking and loading the free giveaway item. So when you threw it at me, I really flailed and I apologize. Yeah, why would you be expecting that? You only do it every single time we do it in every episode. That I think you're exaggerating. Listen, we got a lot to get to. Let's hit the recruiting world because the recruiting world is absolutely what is a buzz right now. Uh, lots to go over. Let's go over the good news first. There seems to be very real traction with Derek Queen, ranked sixth in the country in the 2024 class. Official visit incoming. Incoming this fall, right? Just reported on by Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com. So, yes. Breaking news by Rabby. Liam McNeely, top 15 player in the class of 2024. I believe actually top 10. Is he top 10 right now? He just keeps climbing. I haven't checked it in the last week. Maybe. I think when the new rankings came out, I believe he was top 10, but he's definitely top 15. And then right now happening on campus, Boogie Fland, top 15 point guard recruit, is on campus on the heels of the Jaden Mustaf recruiting visit. This is, as you and I were talking about before, neither one of us can remember a time where Indiana was in such good position with so many national guys ranked this highly. It is remarkable and fun as shit. It is a parade of five stars, high four stars. And with the success we've had lately with getting these guys, Jalen, Malik, uh, you know, even Scoop going back to Scoop. And of course, with today's guest, um, and even in the portal with Khalil Ware, these, these are all guys in this very upper echelon that come to Bloomington love what they see and say, yeah, I'm going to wear the candy stripes. So it's it's not fool's gold so far as we've seen uh, with this staff and their ability to aclo- uh, close on enough of these guys to have arguably the most talent in the Big Ten. And I want to really get into the 2024 class and what that means to this staff and this era of Indiana basketball. And wait, I can't go, help. Wait, before you do, I think I have to sneeze. Just saying it made it go away. Keep going. I'm fine now. I'm Continue. No, I want to, because I feel like you're just going to sneeze bomb me. I really think it's gone. It's not even tickling anymore. I'll give you something to tickle. <laughs> whoa, whoa. No, thanks. <laughs> I can't help but draw similarities between the 2024 class that is coming up for Mike Woodson and this staff and this era of Indiana basketball. And when we were looking at the 2021 class for Archie Miller and his staff. Now, look, there are dissimilarities. Mike Woodson's had more success than Archie Miller ever had. So I get that. But we're not where we want to be. And we're not where 
we think we should be. No, no one thinks we should be here. We should be competing for Big Ten titles and making deep runs in the tournament. And to do that, you need talent. Not, you know, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And this 24 class is absolutely loaded with prospects that are at the top that are impact players that Indiana is in great shape with. And I just want to go over, because I, I pulled it up here, the player rankings to, to touch on the players we already mentioned. But Dylan Harper is the number one player in the class. And we are going all in on Dylan Harper. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Flory Badunga right now. We'll hit that in a second. Derek Queen is number six. Liam McNeely is number eight. Um, Boogie Fland is number 13. Asa Newell is number 16. VJ Edgecombe is number 20. Uh, who else we got here? Jaden Mustaf is number 27. Tyler Betsy is number 28. I mean, how many guys did I just name Ward in the top 28? Six? I think I more believe than it was that. six. Was, it, was six? it more than that? It it, it was it was where I I feel like there can't be more than like three other programs in the country getting that many top thirty recruits on campus. Yeah, I mean you're it's it's incredible, but you know you got to land them. And this now we're in the summer AAU circuit coming into July. All those tournaments, all those chances to get in front of these players are going to be crucially important. If we can land any three of the guys that I just mentioned, any three of them, and we're going to have the opportunity, I think, to land four or five total in the class. But if you land three, I think you are guaranteed, guaranteed to be a top 10 class in the country. And depending on which three, you're in the category of top five. That is, while I understand that we've been ranked like 11th and 10th the last couple of years, that's a big difference between that and what we're talking about with this class and what this class has the potential to be. It also has the potential because these guys are impact players who play at high level for us to maybe get off the transfer portal carousel that it seems like we've jumped into lately. And that makes me really excited. These players make me really excited. And these are heavyweight battles, but these are, I mean, this is just unlike anything we have seen Ward in a really long time, even Crean, the movement was different because it was Yogi and it was Perea from from um, La Lumiere. You know, it was a different thing. It, it was wasn't very national. It was very localized. It was Jeremy and, Hollowell. It was Ron Patterson. Yeah, and it and in hindsight, it ended up being a, a steaming pile of dung. So it was the bowel movement. It was the bowel movement. So while it it felt like here we go. We're going to be back at the top. What? I think I, I just read that when you account the freshmen and the transfer transfers in that Indiana's like ranked number ninth in the I class saw this that. year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's a real good sign that even, oh, kind of um, last second as it felt like pulling together who are the new guys that are going to get in here, we're top 10. And look, I think we'd all be really happy if year in and year out, Indiana was ranked in the top 10. Because that means we're going to win some Big Ten championships and we're going to be a legitimate threat most years to make a deep run into the tournament. You're talking about team ranking, not recruiting ranking. Correct. But I think it's got to it's got to start first in those recruiting rankings. Of that's, course it does. So if if that's the conversation we've now crept into, even with this class and to your point, if we could take it to another level with just the freshmen coming in next year, never mind another portal guy or two, maybe we could we could bring in. 
okay, now we're talking, you do that. You start stacking classes. We haven't used that phrase in a while, but you start stacking top 10 classes. You're going to have a top 10 team. Yeah, and stacking top 10 classes with multiple guys in those classes that are multiple year guys. I think yeah. that's the other key. Like Dylan Harper is a one year guy. We get it, you know, but Derek Queen does not project to be a one year, one and done. Liam McNeely, while I think he wants to, and God bless it, every kid wants to be one and done and get to the pros like Jalen did, but he does not necessarily project to be one and done. Boogie Flan does not necessarily project to be one and done. You get that that class with that level of talent that's here for a couple years, two, three years, couple three, to quote nope. my good friend Ward Roberts. Nice. I think it's even better. And I was having this conversation. Well, I was having a conversation with another head coach in, in college basketball, how he was telling me some friends of his don't watch college basketball anymore because they miss the days of following a guy through multiple years and seeing him grow. And the transfer portal has screwed that up, you know, as has the one and dones. But some of these kids that we're building good relationships with do project to be multiple year players. That is awesome. And it's exciting as hell. It is more exciting to me for me than the transfer portal, because I, while I love that who we got in the transfer portal, I don't love one and dones, no matter if they're a transfer portal kid or a, a one year player in, in high school, I want guys who are going to be here for a little bit to be mixed in, to be the foundation, and then mix in the one-and-dones with that. And that's where we need to get. Yeah. Well, and look, we've got a lot of great players returning this year. Now, well, not a lot of periods, uh, a lot of players, period. Maybe a lot of periods. What? Do, what? You know what I'm saying. Okay, sure. <laughs> totally lost. Um, Is that... I mean, we have X back, we have Trey, we have Anthony, we have Malik, we've got Caleb, we've got CJ. I'm invested in those guys, so, some of them several years now. So there's so much to root for in that, in those players. But look, I'm going to give a little sneak preview of something our guest is going to say because we didn't talk about it in the outro. But, you know, Gabe, Gabe Cups showed up. He's in Bloomington. He's doing stuff. You know, and and I like the foundation um, that we have for this year's squad that's returning, these new guys coming in. You talk about the 24 class, but then I'm also thinking about the 25 class. And there's a couple of in-state studs in the 25 class. And you want to be able to show them not only is there real momentum and it's translating on the court, but hey, you're going to get a play with some of these guys. So it's just that much more enticing for them to come down to Bloomington knowing X, Y, and Z players are going to be there when they show up. I couldn't agree more. A couple quick hitters, and then I know we've got to get to our guest, but Flory Badunga. I've not been interested in the Flory Badunga recruitment from the beginning. I continue to not be interested in it. This kid, if he wanted to come to Indiana, has had multiple opportunities where he could commit to Indiana. He didn't want to come to Indiana, okay? At first, it was Cincinnati for a variety of reasons. Then it was Auburn became a leader in the clubhouse, and then Auburn did something to screw it up. Then Michigan was right there with Jawan Howard hugging him in the handshake line at Indiana when they came to Indiana to play, when Flory was on a visit to Indiana. Now, Indiana was probably neck and neck with Michigan after Auburn lost the lead, and now it's Duke. And Duke's his dream school, and the reports are that he's going to commit to Duke when he sets up a visit there. I don't care. Move on. I don't care. I wasn't interested in it. I just don't care. I care about the people who want to come to Indiana. 
And I'm excited about all the guys we talked about. I am really excited about Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, Boogie Flan. I am really, really excited about those guys. There's uh, that. Look, and then- look, as a Peru guy, I-, I can't get excited about a kid playing in Kokomo. I'm sorry. No, forget it. He might as well be from Logan Sport for all I care. Yeah, and by the way, I've also read like that people online like, well, he's an Indiana kid, so we got to support him. You know, he's reaching his dream. I don't give a shit. Like, I, who do they think we are? I don't care if you are from Indiana and decide not to go to Indiana when they recruited the hell out of you. I don't care. Trey, I don't Co- care about Trey Kaufman is dead to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> care. Sorry if that hey, makes me a bad guy. Bad guy me. I'm about out of time here. I got to go. But listen, I got to give a shout out to Jeff and Callista who came up from Carmel for the Cole Porter Festival. We put the word out to the Hoosier Hysterics Nation. They showed up. They supported a small town doing everything uh, it can to celebrate its heritage and to bring people in and to see the charm and the history of that place. Um, And I didn't write their names down, but I'm like, I'm like 99% sure it's Jeff and I know it's Callista and I really enjoyed meeting both of them. And if for some reason I got one of the names wrong, uh, please tell us and let us know. And I'll issue an apology next week with the proper names. It was a long weekend. There was a lot of people coming through and it was Fantastic. And thank you, sir, for putting the word out on Twitter. My pleasure. And also a little sneak peek. If you think that Ward screwing up maybe somebody's name that he met would be the biggest mistake made in this podcast, stay tuned for one of the greatest foot in mouth moments in the history of Hoosier hysterics, of which there have been many. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I thought it was generous. You just nominated it. I, I kind of think for me, it's hands down the worst thing I've done. Though, no argument. Though the way I presented the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar punch to Kent Benson was, I still, I still cringe when I think about that one. I mean, I did kind of insult the memory of a dead teammate. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's been some good ones, but this one is right there in that conversation. It's way up there. <laughs> and it's an amazing guest. So enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Jesus. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back with a brand new Hoosier. Brand new. Just got to town. We're super excited to welcome him and to get to know him. Eric, who is this gentleman? Hailing from Gladstone, New Jersey where he started his high school career at Gill St. Bernard before transferring to Roselle Catholic High School for his senior season. He did get to play with his brother, by the way, at Roselle Catholic High School. We're going to talk about that. He is a consensus five-star recruit. He is ranked eighth in the country by the 247 composite. He is a McDonald's high school All-American. He went to the Nike Hoop Summit, where he posed for a picture with LeBron James, by the way. No big deal. Don't want to get into it. We all know the story. He had committed somewhere else. He decommitted. And then he set the recruiting world on fire, literal fire, deciding where he was going to go. It came down to a couple big-time schools and Indiana University. And guess what? He chose to come to to the promised land, Indiana University. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Mackenzie Mbako. First question. 
Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, you did. Oh, I like that. I like that. And can we call you Mac? Is that your nickname? Do people call you Mac? Yeah, yeah. That's what people call me. Are you okay with us calling you that, even though we're not really friends yet? No, for sure, for sure. Okay. All right. So, Mac, tell us where you are right now, what's happening in Bloomington. Just give us some, plant us in your life right now, what's happening. Well, I got to Bloomington last Monday. Uh, Once I got there, they just got me ready to go. Uh, Did some blood work, did some uh, stuff, uh, getting my body right, you know, just getting everything situated so that I can start practicing, uh, practice it with the team first on Wednesday, and then we've been up and running since then. But this week is moving a little bit slower because there's a camp going on. So we're working right. out in the morning, lifting, and then working the camp, you know, getting the classes under order and just taking, taking care of business. So you're making the, the leap here into the collegiate ranks, and I'm wondering, let's start with Coach Cliff, right? What, what kind of different stuff does he have you doing compared to what you've done? Obviously, I'm sure you've worked with trainers and you've gotten yourself in great shape before getting to Bloomington, but, but what are some of the new things you're doing now that you're a college basketball player? For sure, I feel like recovering, like flexibility and mobility is very big at the collegiate level. You know, just being able to take care of your body to endure the grueling season. And, you know, the pace, I feel like the pace is most definitely different for me. You know, coming from you know, high school to college, the pace is more intense, you know, there's more speed to it, and then everything is with tempo. So that's what's definitely something I have to like adjust to. But other than that, it's it's great work. Are you at Verve Apartments? Well, no, I'm at the Crimson Corner. It's right oh. next to Verve. Okay. And who do you have a roommate or are you by yourself? I have a roommate. I'm, I'm with Khalil. Oh, you and Khalil. That's a pretty good two man group right there. You're like, did you have any relationship with Khalil before he committed to Indiana and, and you committed to Indiana? I mean, we spoke a little bit. Like, we spoke about, you know, uh, the coaching staff and what we think. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit. We built a, a connection for sure. Now, I see behind you there, there's the shadow of a fan going pretty quickly on the ceiling. Are you ever concerned for Khalil? Do you help him look out for things like doorways and overhead fans? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He'd be ducking a lot when we walk in out the room. Yeah, we did his interview in person and he was ducking under like 10 foot ceilings. Like it was very uh, alarming and scary. You definitely don't want to be near him near a helicopter. Uh, So let's talk uh, about jumping into workouts right away when you got to Bloomington. Uh, Obviously, you had visited Bloomington not that long ago, actually, for the first time. And now you're back. You get right thrown into the mix. What was the first workout like last Wednesday when you worked out with the team on the basketball side of things? What, how competitive was it? Could you feel a difference in, in level of play even from that versus what you've been used to? I mean, yeah, for sure. So a regular workout is probably we do some ball handling drills, but we first start off with defense. You know, Coach Wilson's defense is a little different than most colleges, you know, playing a nail, rim, slot. So he took us through the defenses, uh, made us look over what our spots would be on the court. Then we did some ball handling drills. After that, we were doing like some full court shooting. Uh, and then we break down into uh, positions, guards and bigs, get a lot of shots up. And then from there, uh, get some free throws in and then play up and down for about like 15, 15 minutes. Oh, how what was it like playing up and down? I mean, a lot of you are brand new to the program, to each other. 
do you feel that when you're scrimmaging? Like it's just going to take a little time to get a feel for everybody's game? For sure. But I feel like with the seniors that we have now, like Trey, Lil, X, they're very like, you know, they're good mentors. They talk a lot and they try to help out the new newcomers like Peyton, me, Gabe, Khalil on the court. So, you know, they make it very easy for us to do what we need to get done on the court. Has anyone surprised you? Have you been playing in these first few days where you're like, wow, that guy is better than I even realized, or I didn't even know of that guy, and now I'm really impressed by him? Who has stood out to you? Uh, probably Gabe Cuffs. Gabe Cuffs is like a really – because, you know, he's – he's not that he's undersized, but, you know, he's, he's a smaller guard. So sure. he's making a great impact, making the right plays, taking great shots. Uh, CJ as well, first practice, he came out shooting off the rip. So I was very impressed by those two first practice well and Gabe attended 90 percent of IU's games last year so he, <laughs> he's kind of got a jump start on how it all works with the new class of guys whether it be you know transfers or freshmen uh, are you separated even to go through some different drills to get you guys up to speed or are you just fully immersed with the whole team the whole time uh, I would say everybody's on the same page you know, when we're doing something, everybody's a part of it, whether it's new people or old people, just so they can get revamped on it. Because, you know, they're coming off from the summer, and then we're coming in as uh, newcomers, not really knowing the system. But, you know, everybody's in it together. Everybody's learning the same thing so that, like, it's, it's it works hand-in-hand. And with some of those defensive concepts, are any of those, like, totally brand new to you? Yeah, like you'd never heard the language or even maybe some of the strategy behind them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really want to tell you our defense or stuff like that, you know. But yeah, it's the way uh, we could... Mac, you could tell us, and we still wouldn't understand. So don't <laughs> worry, we're just two big idiots. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 lingo and the language he uses is different than what I'm I'm used to. The way we play off uh, DHOs, uh, ball screens, the way we're helping on defense, like everything is very uh, tight knit. So it's, it leaves little room for uh, error. So we all move as one commodity. So it's good for sure. Now, now I, you've all, oh, oh, sorry. Just on, to follow up on that, I imagine this squad as one of the tallest, longest, most athletic squads we've we've had in Bloomington in a long time. When you guys are out there and everybody's just got their arms out for defense, I mean, it's got to be hard for there to be much daylight on that end of the floor, isn't there? No, nah, for sure. But, you know, we, we always got to find a way. We always can find a way. You got to do some fakes. You got to do some pass fakes. For sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, you've only been on campus for a week. Is Has there been a restaurant introduced to you yet that you enjoy? Have you been to Buffalo's? Have you tried Pizza X or Mother Bear's Pizza? What ha, Have you been indoctrinated into any of the Bloomington restaurants yet? Um, Actually, not at all. I heard a lot about, uh, what's it called? Dang. Malibu? Malibu, yeah, I think Malibu. I went to Open Horse uh, with some of the managers, um, but nah, they've been feeding us pretty well here. So I've been, I've been trying to take like my nutrition seriously, so I don't go out to eat too much. Yeah, I you like know, it's, that. It's the summer; it's a little quieter as far as you know, students go and the town in general. But basketball is a re- really big deal in Bloomington. Are you are you already attracting attention as you you're outside Assembly Hall and Cook Hall? Can you you tell that the basketball players really are beloved by everybody in the town and the university? No, for sure. Like on my visit, 
rooms with this wing stop and then like there's people just holding up posters asking me for like autographs and stuff like that so it was most definitely a different uh change of pace for me you know being treated like a somewhat of a celebrity so it was, it was cool uh have you seen woody do any dancing on the court yet he does dance a little bit he's been known to dance during practice have you seen him break out any moves yet uh, not yet, but I'm going to stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's good. Has Kenya fallen down yet? He is known to fall down during practice when he <laughs> pretends to still be an athlete. Have you seen that happen yet? Nah, 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 nah. All yet. right. Just has, know, has, just know it'll happen. Has has Coach Woody cracked more jokes or yelled more? Most de- He's most definitely a funny guy. He's, very funny. he's funny, yeah. yeah. Uh, how strong is Peyton Sparks? He looks like the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah, that dude is a beast, for sure. I wouldn't want to join him in the paint at all. Yeah. yeah. He just seems like a wall, just an absolute muscular wall. When he's sending his screens, it's like hard to get around him because he just takes up so much space. I like that. That's yeah. great. Now, now, Peyton, even though he's new, born and raised in Indiana, it was his dream to come to IU. And I wonder, a guy like that, a guy like Anthony Leal, who was born and raised there in town, Hoosier through and through, are you starting to get a sense from these guys, you know, what it means to be an Indiana Hoosier in the biggest sense of the word? Yeah, for sure. You know, they have a, they most definitely take pride in like coming from Indiana and things like that and showing me around. So, you know, they just want to, you know, make me be a part of uh, what they got going on, you know, leave a legacy and like do something big this season. I'm going to ask a totally tangential question it is totally off topic but you're a jersey kid right mm-hmm. are you familiar with the chain of convenience stores called sheets i never heard of that no what about wawa yeah i heard of wawa's have you ever been to wawa's yeah all the time they're unbelievable right yeah i love wawa's for sure what do you get at wawa's are you a sandwich guy do you get those big pretzels that they have uh i like hoagies Oh, yeah, they they make they make fresh sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. And the milkshakes, milkshakes is good. Yeah, the milkshake machine, right? You get your milkshake and you put it in the machine. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I love Wawa. You know what else they have? Tasty cakes. Tasty cakes are real good, but you probably don't eat those because it's all sugar. Yeah, no, nah, I haven't had that before. Yeah. Did you yeah. predict going into this interview that most of the questions would be centered around food? <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, let's wait, do oh, this. I was going to follow up because we'd heard in long past that uh, one thing Indiana used to be behind in was the training tables, was the food. And, of course, there's been, you know, several years of that being upgraded. And you just said they're feeding you pretty well. What kind of food do you get? What do they bring to you that's tasty? Um, So we have some milkshakes that they have prepped for us. We have some uh, good supplements like vitamin D. Uh, for sure. And then they have some milkshakes that they make with some proteins because we've got a lot of calories throughout our workouts and practices. So, you know, to keep us on top of our uh, health, we, we take those supplements and, you know, uh, in addition with like fruits and stuff like that. So it's good food. Got it. When you're working out there, you're six foot eight, but I think the thing obviously that so many schools liked about you and that's so exciting for us as fans is you can really do everything on the basketball court. You can play down low with the big guys. You can play on the wing. You you can play with the guards. What group have they put you with? What what are you working on? And is there like one or two guys that you're going against each day in practice right now? 
Um, they put me. I, I I play both, so I play like down low or I play with the guards, but I, it's interchangeable, honestly, because like you know, in this day and age, there's really no it's position positionless basketball. Right. Yeah, but so, you know, I'm, I'm going against uh, KB. You know. He's yeah, a, I was gonna ask you that. That seems to be like the prototype of you going against him. How has that been? It's it's been a challenge for sure. You know. He has an edge on me, you know, being in college already. And, you know, his quickness is a little bit there. So I'm almost definitely working on defense, trying to get, like, being better guarding on ball. Now, we've heard he's hilarious. <laughs> is he ever cracking jokes out there to get inside your head, or does he save that for off the court? He saves it for off the court, for sure. On the court, he's like, we, we bad on it. We bad on the court. So, Mac, you know, so much of your life, when you're a, an elite basketball prospect like you have been, you are almost always the best player on the court in high school and even in, in AAU, even though you played with great competition. But then you come to Indiana and now you're playing, like you said, playing against KB is a challenge at times. How refreshing is that for you? Is that like, you know, iron sharpens iron? How is it an adjustment to play against some a group of guys that have roughly the same level of talent as you do? How do you approach that? Um, I just approach it with the same mindset I did in high school. Honestly, just every time I get on the court, just put 100% effort because, you know, talent only takes you so far. So it's just like the stuff you do off the court, you know, getting extra shots up, taking care of your body, stretching out the workouts, getting extra workouts in. So that's just really how I approach it. And when you have that alone time and you're putting in the extra work, um, and I'm sure maybe some of this is informed with the, the conversations you've had with the coaching staff. What particular aspects of the game are you working on individually? Uh, working on my three-point, you know, adjusting to the three-point line because, you know, it's a little farther out now. Um, adjusting to playing at their pace, you know, cutting with, uh, with a purpose, not just cutting to cut. Uh, learning how to read plays, like learning what to slip, go to screen, get around it, and you know, just stuff like that. Our perception is that Xavier, who we've gotten to know a bit over the last few years, is obviously he's he's been there a while, but but he is the leader. He seems like the leader. He's the point guard. Does it feel like Xavier trying to, you know, kind of put his arms around the team and and be a player led team with him at the top? For sure. I feel like player led teams are always the teams that make it the farthest. You know, the coach coaches, but the players, you know, are the ones on the court. So being able to have somebody who's already been through it, like a floor general, is most definitely helpful. Well, I'm going to reference this a couple times because there was, you know, uh, in terms of getting quotes from you, this was all you. You did this blog. I only found one entry for Sports Illustrated. Um, but in it, you said, you know, you really wanted to work on becoming a leader, not just, just uh, through actions, but also through words. And I wonder, showing up as a freshman, new guy to the program, uh, it, do you have to kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to be more more following here and getting just sort of initiated to it and learning. And then as you as you get, I guess, more time and more knowledge about what everybody wants, then assert that leadership tendency you want to, to build in yourself? Well, I feel like, you know, if you're a leader, you always, you know, you're going to leave regardless of what you're doing, whether it's on defense or offense. So, you know, just talking on defense is, you know, signs of leadership, telling people where to be on the floors. But, like, with me not knowing the defense too well, yeah, I can't speak too much on that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working up into it. You know, with the eight weeks we have of summer, you know, just building up that repertoire and, like, 
learn the connections of the players and where they like to be on the floor and how they play defense and offense is, you know, really where I build in and watching tape after practice. Mm. We have been ecstatic to talk to you ever since you committed to Indiana. And you've been a busy guy finishing up what you had to do back at school and then some end of school stuff with high school and then getting to Indiana. There was one time where we were trying to set it up and we couldn't because it was your prom. And I found this that I got to ask you about. (laughs) So this is your prom pick. You seeing this? No, I can't see it. Oh, you can't see it? Swipe on. Are you on your iPhone or your computer? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it now. So this is your prom pick. Now, I want to say two things. One, it is not possible for either Ward or I to take a picture where we look anywhere close to this cool. So yes. there's that to begin with. <laughs> never, but walk never. us through. Is this like a salmon-colored suit, double-breasted that you're rocking? For sure. I like that. You know, you know, you know, some style. Yeah, yeah man. A- some drip. Some drip. I, mean, I feel like it's more of a hot pink, though, than a salmon. No, it's not it's hot like, pink. No, nah, it's, it's like that's not even a real color because he put a filter on it. But it's like more of a salmon colored suit. So, yeah. So I went to uh, I got a little NIL uh, deal with them. So it was like, just pick any suit you want. I felt like for prom, you know, it's my last prom. Go out with a band, so I was like, "Let me, let me get a pink suit." You know what I'm saying, and then one thing led to another, and there you go. Can we that look suit forward? Is... Can we look forward to that kind of style for road trips? Oh, 100 percent. You know, they call me the the fashionista on the team. Yes, I like this. I like this. Well, look, the, you're going to really up the game because even the coaches, except for, you know, Woody's wearing turtlenecks sometimes. I always bust Kenya. I think he wears really wax socks with his suits. <laughs> you know, they do do some good shoes, though. Yeah, and Kenya break out some nice shoes. I even think Prada shoes for game days. So yeah, I've seen those. I've seen those. i seen those. Yeah. Yeah, some good stuff. So I, I like walk us through prom. What was prom like? Did you have a date or did you go by yourself? No, nah, I went with a date. I went with a date. A girl from my school. It was cool. We just uh came to my house. We had to send off at my house. My parents surprised me with a Rolls Royce, and then you know, yeah, wow. it, was, it was tough. It was yeah. tough. Lights, interior, and then it was, it was a great experience for sure. So that shot was in the back of a Rolls. Yeah, it was. Oh man, this Hold is. On, let's just do it one more time. I mean, look at this. Look at this. You're rocking some ice. You got some jewelry. You're accessorizing. You didn't even go with a tie. You're just open collar. I mean, it's just too cool. It's too cool. So, I bring that up because I want to ask this. Look, man, you're a cool guy. You got cool hair. You're six foot eight. You can do everything on the basketball court. I get it. You're really cool. Okay, and some of us aren't. That said. There has to be something in your life that you do or that you like that your family knows about and only your family knows about that isn't cool. Give me something that you do that is not cool. Um, what I do that's not cool? Yeah, come on. Do you like like My Little Pony? Are you like, <laughs> you know, like there's got to be something that isn't cool about you. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty chill dude. I don't really be doing too much. What about something that you don't do well? Like, can you play an instrument? Can you sing? Are you a terrible singer? Are you a terrible dancer? I bet you're a good dancer though. Uh, I'll be dancing a little bit here and there. You know, Jersey's big on dances. Yeah. Yeah. Singing. Can you sing? 
No, I cannot sing. I cannot sing, unfortunately. Okay, good, good. That makes me happier. There's something that you're not great at. Okay, yeah. but let's go back to the SI blog where you said you were the greatest Call of Duty player there is. Do you, do you continue to make that claim? Or do you continue to game? Are you gaming with guys on the team? Where do you rank in that pecking order? I'm, I'm not going to lie, and you can quote me. I think I'm the best uh, game player on the team. You know, anybody can take me up on that. So. Wait a minute. Anthony, Anthony Walker, who has not made it to Bloomington yet, finishing some schoolwork in Miami, he claims to be the best gamer. Have you guys done any remote gaming? Nah, but we can run it for sure. Like he can, he can catch us. Because Anthony, despite being like your size, a little bit bigger, didn't even touch basketball to what 14, 15, because he was just gaming the whole time. And his mom finally said, "Get out of the house and go play basketball." Mm, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. All right. Well, maybe we'll figure out some nil, uh, Call of Duty tournament between Mac and Anthony Walker. Get get you a, a way to get paid and play video games. Oh, yeah, we got to get that tournament for sure. In doing the research for this podcast, the thing that jumps out about you, besides your talent, is your family. You have such an amazing family, older brother, younger brother, younger sister, correct? Mm -hmm. Mom and dad. Uh, I watched a video that you guys did with Slam uh, online you have such a tight-knit family that just seems so incredibly supportive and important for each one of you. So I want to go back to the beginning of your life, basically, and how you found basketball. But before we do, can you just kind of walk us through your family, give us your your, your siblings' names, where you are in the pecking order, and and what your fam how you would describe your family? Um, well, it's a very close-knit family, like, our family, like most of my family lives in either Georgia or New Jersey. So I'm I'm seeing my uncle like at least five times out of the seven day week, sleeping over at my aunt's house when I was at school because he lived like right down the street. Uh they in the gym with me while I'm working. So it's cool. Uh I have an older brother. He's 21. He goes to Keene University. I have a younger I have an older sister. She's uh 20. She's at Pace. And then there's me. And then I have a younger brother, Ethan, who's at Roselle right now. Very nice. And what uh what are your uh your older brother's name? Uh oldest brother is Cyprian, my sister is Michaela, and my youngest brother Ethan. Ethan. Great. And then tell us about your parents. What kind of parents were they growing up? Uh well, they're both uh my dad's from Nigeria, my mom's from Haiti. So, you know, they're very cultural based. So, you know, having a different type of cultures is always, you know, good to double dabble in. My mom's speaking Creole and my dad's speaking Igbo. So you know, having both of those backgrounds is will make me the person I am today. Do and you speak both? No, I understand. I understand both though. Not Got not it. too but like I could hold a little conversation. Got it. When That's your mom gets mad, does she slip into that language? <clears throat> and real. when she's yeah, like does she go does she go there when she gets angry? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you gotten a chance to visit either of those places? Uh, I've been to Nigeria over the winter to see like some of my relatives, but I've never been able to go to Haiti. What was Nigeria like? Hot. It was hot. It was like one of those dry heats. Like <laughs> I used to say, you're not even moving type hot. Where did your so your parents coming from Haiti and Nigeria, how did they meet? They met in college at Rutgers. At Rutgers. Oh really? Yeah. So 
I think my dad pursued my mom and like she dubbed him a little bit until she like finally gave in. All right. Very well, good. And it's, it's this classic story of, of parents wanting to give their children a better life. So even though they met at Rutgers, they made sure you didn't go there and that you went to Indiana University because they wanted something <laughs> better for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I saw in the video was your dad preparing what I assume is like native Nigerian dishes. What is the cooking food situation like in your family? I would imagine it is just filled with unbelievable flavors and spices and different kinds of food. Yeah, the cuisine is amazing. My mom uh, likes to cook Haitian food sometimes or my grandma or my aunt she would send food from where she at to the house. And my dad would make like his food. Like he'd be making fufu, goosey soup, great food. A little spicy though, but it's good. So are you going to be able to whip a, a little bit of that up for yourself? Did you learn some things from them? Because there's probably not too available in Bloomington. No, nah, I actually have to check if they got some uh, African cuisine down here, some Haitian food. I, I ain't checked yet, but I'll make sure to look it up. There are several like really interesting restaurants in Bloomington, ethnic cuisine. You may be able to find one. I don't know of one off the top of my head, but we'll look too and shoot you one if we can find it. But are, are, uh, you, are you a cook at all? Have you picked that up at all? No, there we go. Something else he's not good at. He cooks out on the court. That's all that matters. There we go. That's so cheesy. That oh, come on. So I nailed it. Corny. I nailed That's it. so corny. <laughs> um, all right. So where did you, how did you, when did you find the game of basketball? Uh, I started playing basketball at a young age, about like fourth grade. I, I did football, soccer, baseball swimming frisbee tennis for a little bit and then basketball is really what stuck with me so i just been playing ever since then now were you were you always the best player right away is that part of the reason it stuck with you you could just dominate and it was super fun yeah pretty much like for my catholic school i used to play with when i was younger i was like you know i wear the number 23 think i'm like mj or some and then you know just wanted to emulate what he did on the court so it was, it was always good for me to play now okay, it's so interesting because 23 for us because we're mid 40s that's michael but 23 is also lebron right yeah. and you're of the lebron generation more than you're of the michael generation what was your connection to to michael did your parents show you clips of him did they talk about him like how did you find michael jordan i think i don't know i think michael was just so like influential on the basketball scene i'm just like if you don't know about michael what you're doing you know right i agree with you <laughs> yeah do you think a, he's the it best? was a silly question he shouldn't have asked that do you think he's the best <laughs> would you say he's number one of all time yeah yeah i think so yeah i agree um uh, lebron right next one though for sure yeah i mean well it I mean, statistically, it's hard to... Well, statistically, sure. I mean, it's hard to go off for, of, like, championships, rings, and things like MVPs, but, you know, they they play in two different ages, so you can't really tell. And LeBron is a freak. I mean, he is just an athletic and physical freak. Okay, sorry who, about that. Who, uh, so, in terms of other players, uh, maybe, you know, modern players you grew up watching, teams you followed, whether it be collegiate or NBA, who are some of the people you looked up to and were inspired by? Uh, I, I looked a lot at JT's game, you know, in high school for for the majority of it. But, like, now I'm just trying to, you know, find myself and find the way I like to play basketball, you know, just seeing where I can get to my spots and score and be more the most efficient. And if somebody had never seen you play before, how would you describe your game? How would you tell them you like to play? 
I'm a three-way, three-level scorer. You know, I score inside, outside, mid-range, you know, come off the screen, pick a roll, DHO, you know, uh, full court. I like pushing the ball in transition, getting out, showing my athleticism, and then showing my shooting capabilities. What on the defensive side of things do you just really like to do? What's just What just really gets you fired up on the D? <laughs> that is the worst question of all time. I thought time. it was going to slide by. I thought fuck? it was going to slide by. What you, gets you, didn't you catch fired it. You up didn't get, on the D? You didn't catch it till McKenzie did. Dude, uh, I, I was registering it and couldn't believe it and was like hoping McKenzie wouldn't register it. No, I was hoping neither of you would. But you even <laughs> said it with like a weird voice. You were like, what gets you fired up on the team? <laughs> no, no, I didn't say it like Vince McMahon, okay? That's how you said it. Mackenzie, Mackenzie what do you like about say defense? It weird? Did he say it weird? <laughs> I don't even know. That's, that's... <laughs> it doesn't matter how I said it. The words that came out of my mouth were wrongly chosen. <laughs> Mackenzie, defense, defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, well, on defense, I just like getting out to the open man, you know, forcing uh, shot clock violations. I like rebounding and then you know, pushing up an open court. I, I, I think I read that in seventh grade, you took a trip to Duke uh, and that that was kind of the first time that, you know, you, you saw this place, by all accounts, a pretty incredible place. And you were like, that's, that's, I'm putting that in my head. I, that's where I want to play one day was seventh grade about the time that you realized basketball was going to be something that, that carried you forward in life. When did it become real serious for you? I think high school, I think high school is probably the time when I really started to like take it serious and like show I can do like really change my life. You know, when yeah. NIL started a little bit later when NIL started becoming a factor and you could start making money off your name, but that really changed. And, you know, just from there on, I just took it even that more serious. What are, let's say you didn't have the gifts that you have, you know, I, I think I, I did read also on the blog, you really, you're, you're an excellent student, high GPA, and you're really into psychology. Say, say you had to pick another career path. Would it be psychology or what would it be? Mm, that's a great question. Fashion. Don't tell him that, Mac. Don't, don't, I don't needed play that. In, don't play into his ego after the, especially after, after look, the D no, thing. After, after the, the D, D thing, thing, I needed that. Please, sorry, okay. he interrupted. Right. Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll probably get into like other finance. You know, investing in real estate and stuff like that, and owning companies, or you know, investing in truck companies and things like that, because you know, it can make a lot of revenue from there. Mm. In <laughs> truck Lord. companies. Ward, we may have to do a side session with Mac where he gives us some business advice. <laughs> well, but you, you've you entered into a program where not only are coaches in, involved with real estate, namely your head coach, but Anthony Leal already has his real estate license. Uh, is that something you're talking to them about and absorbing? I didn't even know that until you just told me, so I'm going to definitely pick his brains about that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty special place in... One of the great things about Indiana, when you're an Indiana Hoosier, you're an Indiana Hoosier for life. And we have people that take care of you for life, both in and out of basketball. And and we'll get into whether or not that message was conveyed to you during the recruitment. So you get to high school, you start on high school, you transfer for your senior year. 
what and you played with your brother what was the reason for the transfer was it to play at at i mean Rizal is, is you know nationally renowned was it to play with some better competition what was the reason for that transfer i felt like it was time for me to make a change i felt like i grew out of gill a little bit you know most of the team had uh transferred and it dispersed a little bit so i felt like you know just take somewhere where my brother can develop and become a better player with like better uh people around him to push him to be better and then me you know just playing on the national stage against like teams like Duncanville, Sunrise Christian, Montverde so yeah for so sure I mean... had, had you gone up uh against Malik the year before or I'm not sure of the timelines if Malik was no because it was no. just that last year yeah. but going up against competition at that level um is is that something when you're now on the court against a, a whole squad of D1 Big Ten guys, do you really feel like that got you ready for that? So you step out on the court in Bloomington and you already, you're like, yeah, I've done this before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, college is a different animal in itself. So I don't, I don't like you can pre- prepare as much as you want, but the Big Ten is like a whole different level of physicality. So it, it, it prepared me to an extent, but, you know, there's only so much you can pre- prepare for. Before we get to the end of your high school career and then figuring out where you're going to play in college, we gotta, we've already learned some things about you off the court. We know you're a video gamer. We know you, you've got really good style. You're a fashionista. Uh, we know you're not a great singer, not a great cook. Those are good things for us to know. Give us your favorite movie of all time. Wow. Jeez. I like horror movies, so I'm like a horror movie type of guy. My go-to movie, like, on Netflix is, like, Hush, even though they took it off for whatever reason. Yeah. I like, that one movie with Matt Damon, it's, like, I think it's called Interstellar or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. 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 Good... I yeah. like that one. That's a good pull. You don't often hear people pull out the Interstellar. as a... I like that movie a lot. I've watched it several times. So well, you can... Older Social Network one. That was a good one, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the Social Network. The Social Network. Um, okay, so that there's a variety there. You like different kinds of films. By the way, Christopher Nolan, who did <clears throat> Interstellar, who, his new one's coming out. Oppenheimer. That looks cool. Um, Music-wise, what are you listening to a lot lately? Uh, Envy, Young Boy, Lil Durk, uh, some Drake, maybe some Kendrick Lamar. I don't know. I'll just be putting on whatever it's on shuffle. Are you familiar with John Cougar Mellencamp? Who's that? <laughs> so this has become a running gag. John Cougar Mellencamp was a big deal when Ward and I were kids. He's from Indiana. He's a big supporter of Indiana athletics. The football practice facility is named after him because he gave him a bunch of money for it. He comes to basketball games. He's just a giant. Here's uh, how you here's how you, you're familiar with Bruce Springsteen being from New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. John Cougar Mellencamp is the Bruce Springsteen of Indiana. Wow. So go put that on the old Spotify playlist when you're done here. Move, put put a little cougar in with a little Dirk. Uh, What kind of what kind of music he make? Like country or something? Like it's like country rock. Country rock. Okay. You want to hear some of it? No, no, no. Some of it? No, no. We'll do. You can do that off air. But but he and Bruce were like kind of number one on the charts at the same time and very much about the working man type of thing but you you may see him in the stands during one of the games 
Um, all right, so we've gone through. Uh, did, you you like anime, right? I heard you like the anime. No, Eric, don't. It doesn't work over Zoom. It doesn't sound good. Nobody wants to hear this. Mackenzie doesn't want to hear it. The listeners don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear it. All right, fine. I'm just trying to help. Anime? You still like anime? Yeah, for sure. I've been getting into like One Piece, uh, Hunter x Hunter, Naruto, things of that nature. Naruto, yeah, that's a big one. My kids are big into that. Uh, favorite TV show? You have a favorite TV show? Uh, 13 Reasons Why is a good one. Me and my brother was watching it before we left. It's just All right, a so I got, I, well, let's talk about 13 Reasons Why. That I watched it. And look, I've got a 15-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. That show came out, what, like four years ago or so? Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a rough show for right. kids around that age. It doesn't bother you watching stuff about suicide and girls that are unhappy. And it was just so sad. No, it's, it's, a, I don't, it's just interesting to me because, like, I don't know. Just, like, for something to happen like that is just crazy. But you know what you got to do after, like, I would watch that and then I would just want to hug my kids. I'd be like, you got to just come hug me because it's just so, if you watch that, you should go hug your parents after watching it and just tell them I'm not, I'm nothing like with, on the show because that's right. the horror story is, yeah. is that show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We took a little bit of a turn there. That's okay. All right. Favorite food, favorite uh, junk food. I know you don't eat junk food, but if you were going to eat junk food on a cheat day, what would it be? Some mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. from a box or homemade? Some homemade mac and cheese put in the oven, you know. It's a little custom. crispy on top? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, something came up. The coaching staff it has to go into scramble mode. They're like, guys, n- nothing today. Don't worry about it. You have the day off. Go have fun. What do you do on your day off? Anything you want? I don't know. I've been wanting to do some miniature golfing. Yes. Yeah, I, don't I don't I don't really go up too much, but you know, I feel like Indiana is a place where people golf a lot. I know Coach Wilson golfs, Dr. Rink golfs, uh yeah. some Mateen golfs. So I'd probably get into golfing. Yeah, you- mini golfing is a little different than the <laughs> golf that they play. There's no windmills on the courses that they play. Right, right, right. But you know, you're you not trying to put somewhere. it in the hippo's mouth. Right. You gotta start somewhere though. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I like well, that. I like and that. often. Often mini golf courses are attached to arcades. So you would have that. Um, okay, but that that only takes up a little bit of the day. W- what else are you going to go do? Uh, maybe check out a movie. I like race car driving. Mm. Um, chill at the pool. I like going, I like going swimming. So that's I cool. like it. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with your younger brother? I saw some videos it, it seems like a pretty special relationship. He obviously looks up to you. You're pushing him to be better. Just talk a little bit about that relationship. You know, he's probably the closest person I have in my life, other than my parents and my other siblings. But, you know, just trying to be a mentor to him so he can you know, follow in my footsteps or in whatever he wants to do. You know, I support him or whatever. But, you know, this season, I just really wanted to, like, leave a lasting impression that he can, like, do whatever he puts his mind to, you know. So just being able to be that kind of leader in his life is just, like, very vital to me in our relationship. Is this the first time this last week, basically, where you have been away from your family for an extended period of time? Um, my whole family, yeah. I've been I've been on a couple like tournaments, like going sure. to like a summit or you know playing with the uh, team Nigeria. So, is it but, has it been hard for you, Mac, at all? I mean, they don't make it too hard. We talk about every day, every day. <laughs> 
Whenever they finally chance to talk to me, we talking. So, and I because I, I too, so it's cool. I saw your mom say, "We roll as a posse. We're, we're we got fifteen people for everybody. We roll fifteen deep." Do you expect a heavy Mbako family uh, presence at Indiana games throughout this season? For sure, they flying out to every game that they can, and then when we play in Rutgers, I know they're all going to be in attendance. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we need some friendly faces in at Rutgers. That's 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 a place you need to get us going on in the right direction. Um, when when you're just in terms of, I'm not sure your your hometown and what it looks and feels like. We think of Bloomington and Indiana University as this this oasis in the middle of of this beautiful southern indiana countryside have you gotten a chance to explore it all i mean there's campus which is beautiful but there's there's lakes there's rivers there's national forests are you going to get out this summer and be able to check any of that stuff out oh for sure like once once i get a car and things like that start going out seeing what's around checking all the different avenues and what indiana has to offer i know it's like a college town so there's a lot of dorms and apartments so i know when the when the people get on campus, it's going to be jumping, but, you know, see what what's outside of it. I want to go back just a couple steps because we always like asking this question. Everybody's got the story. First time you ever dunked the basketball, whether it was in practice, backyard, park, game. What was the first dunk? Tell us the story of it. First dunk was the summer of eighth grade. I was at an AU practice and I was playing, I was in New York and it was like a fast break. And actually somebody tried to jump with me too. It's kind of, it was like, it was like somewhat of a body, but not really because there was no contact, but it was, it was like off the right hand and I'm a left-handed dunker too. So this is like, I don't even dunk on my right hand no more for, but it was like a fast break. He passed it up and I'm like, you know what, let me try and dunk this. And I dunked it and the whole gym went crazy. So you had never dunked before, like not even in practice. Nah, nah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and after the practice, I was just trying to punch everything. I only made like two after that, but. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good, that's one of the best first dunk stories I've heard. Uh, did you talk some trash after you dunked on him? Oh, yeah, I was talking crazy. Nobody could talk <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I like it. Um, I, as you ascend and people start to really take notice of this kid in New Jersey playing basketball, and the attention starts coming in, you know, how, how does that change your life? How do you and your family start to navigate uh, players, coaches, uh, just interested parties, people who want to get in on a talented basketball player? How do you deal with that? Um, well, I, I keep my, I keep the same level headed that I always had since I was younger. So that doesn't really change from that aspect, but you know, I feel like, I just keep my circle close. You know, the people who've been there with me from the beginning is the people I stay with. And, you know, the other third parties who try to come in, you know, they have to go through people before they're able to get to me anyway. So just being able to have that wall of protection is like what really separates me, you know. One thing I loved reading about was your older brother and your relationship with your older brother. And your older brother talked about how in eight, when you were in eighth grade is when he said that the family kind of realized there's something special here with young Mac and they kind of all at that point rallied around you to, to do what they had to do to support you, to get you the training you needed to start working on your body, things like that. And I heard your brother talk about you working on your body and how serious you take it. 
and I want to get into yoga as well, because I know that that was part of your life. But can you talk about how your older brother and, and your family kind of rallied around you to to help continue to elevate you in your basketball career? Yeah, it was like amazing because like my uncle was one of the first people who really like said like he's like, oh, you can be can be a high high school player. And he's like, okay, you could be a D1 athlete. Like, all right, you could you could probably go pro with this. So it's just like kept leveling up. And then, you know, everybody just sacrificing times out of their day to take me to practice, take me to like uh yoga, take me to get extra shots up, you know, just helping me out whenever they could. It was really nice. Love that. Love that. And I know with yoga, there is the the flexibility that's so important, not only to to having flexibility, but just not being injured. Um, but for for me, an old guy who needs it sometimes just to walk normally, is it something where where you you do get this sense of Zen? Is there a meditative aspect to it that you embrace, or is it just purely another part of the physical routine? No, it's most definitely spiritual as well. It's like. You know, if you have a lot going on in your mind, especially with college being, you know, kind of stressful with the homework and then also being a D1 athlete, you know, just taking some time away for yourself and, you know, focusing on your mental health is, is important. And I feel like yoga can almost definitely help with that. So That's do correct. you you practice yoga by yourself right now since you got to Bloomington? You find a studio or people to do it with? Uh, they They offer some yoga classes here. I have to find one. I know they do hot yoga a little bit. One of the one of our players, Sean, he he did some. But you know, meditation is also something I practice. Do you do it every day? Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. So high school attention is growing. You get uh offers, and ultimately you do get offered by the school that you saw mm -hmm. back in seventh grade, Duke. You commit to Duke. Uh, we're in a different world where transfer portal and, you know, the world has changed. And so rosters are in flux more than ever. Can you, however much you want to talk about it, tell us what went into the decision to walk away from that commitment? And I just can imagine if that was something that was in your head since seventh grade, that must have been a really difficult decision for you. How was that for you? I mean, it was just. I feel like at that point in my life, I had to be selfish in my decision and, and go somewhere where I feel like I'll be, you know, valued and, you know, treated as a priority. Not that they wouldn't have, but, you know, I just felt like I was just making a decision for myself, you know, a business decision. Because at this point, it's business, you know, the coaches had to win to keep playing. And then likewise for the players, they have to perform. So I felt like in the end, is a place I can perform at my best ability. Well, there was there was a, a new decision to be made after deciding Duke wasn't going to be the place. Can you talk us a little bit uh, to us a little bit about the process? How you opened it back up? How you went about filtering through virtually every program in the country that wanted you on campus, and and how you narrowed it down to the select few that you did? Yeah, so my phone was going crazy after I requested my uh, national letter of intent. And then from there, I was just like writing down the list, you know, writing the pros and cons of what I want from a program and organization and, you know, just having long conversations with my family and then the coaches building a connection on and off the court and seeing who was really genuine and who wasn't. How did Indiana first reach out to you? Uh, Coach Ya actually reached out to me. He was one of the who recruited me heavily and so did Coach Wilson as well. So that's how we got in contact and, you know, they wasn't the top of my list, but, you know, after the visit and after, like, talking to so many other people, you know, talking to, like, Trace, talking to uh, 
Pusha Fino talking to Carmelo. They just like helped me in that decision. Well, let, let's let's pause on that for a second. There's a few there. Those are some good names to talk to. Good list. So, did you first off? Did you have any relationship with with Kochia or with Woody before they started recruiting you? After you got out of your letter of intent? Nope. Okay, so they. How weird is it to try to build a relationship that quickly? It seems like you probably had several years to build one with Duke, and here you are having to build one over the course of weeks. How does that happen? Is there more phone calls, more Zooms? How, how did you go about building those relationships quickly enough? Well, it's just like he came to meet me in person, so I feel like I, that was like a stepping stone in it. Uh, the whole Most of the staff came to meet me, so that was good, and I, I met them a little bit before then, so... I already had a little idea of how they were and how they acted and, and talking to the players and talking to other people, just, you know, further that connection. So then let's talk about the people that you mentioned you talked to. Let's start with the future Hall of Famer in the NBA, Carmelo Anthony, clearly somebody that Woody is close to and Woody coached at New York. How does that get connected? Do you ask somebody, hey, could I have Carmelo's number? Or does somebody suggest to you, hey, you should call Carmelo? Or are you friends with Carmelo's son, who's a, a prospect in a in an upcoming class? How does that work? Well, I already had Carmelo Anthony's number. So we, we kept in touch even before then during the AU season. And, you know, we, we got in contact. So he said, just hit me up whenever. So uh, he reached out to me. He said, damn, you got my number. You're not even trying to use it. So I was like, that's my fault. That's my fault. So <laughs> We started talking a little bit, and then he just told me how Coach Wilson was, you know, when he coached him at the Knicks, and he just gave me some of his insight to try and hold me uh, towards my decision. That's Th awesome. This is how cool Mac is. He's got Mello's number, doesn't use it, waits for Mello to reach out to him. That That's cool. That's a cool move. That's a cool move. You know who can pull that move off, Ward? The guy that looks like that. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's who can pull that off. Not us. <laughs> we can't pull that move off, but this guy can. Uh, all right. And then Trace and Jalen, did you know either one of those guys? No, I didn't know either of them. And what did they tell you about Indiana and about playing for Coach Woody? I talked to Jalen when I talked to Trace. I feel like I just watched some of Trace's videos that Coach Cliff had. And then with Jalen, uh, we spoke a little bit. He keep me happy. You know, Coach Wilson got to where he was, you know, being able to be a draft pick and, you know, how he really develops players and really has his best interests at heart. So I really like that and like like what he was saying. So it stayed with me. I wonder about the playing style. When you have Trace Jackson Davis on your team, and Coach Woodson's on the record of saying this, you'd be a fool not to run your offense through him. But we also know a big part of recruiting is being able to show a recruit the film of how you play offense and how you'll fit into that. But we all know it's going to be a new look offense for, for IU this year. So how did they talk to you? How did they explain how it was going to be different with you and the other new players coming in? Yeah, they talked about it being more like free-flowing, you know, more fast-paced, you know, pushing up uh, – taking a lot more shots because I feel like we're a very capable three-point shooting team this year. And then we can most definitely play, you know, the lanes getting to the rim, you know, making people really try and contest and force, you know, us to drive. So. so you decide to come visit Indiana. There were several schools that were listed as potential leaders for you. Uh, you come to Indiana. Did you have a sense of how insane 
the fan base was going when news broke that you were even coming on the visit? Did you did you sense that on social media? Could you see any of that? Are you a social media guy? Yeah, nah, it was crazy. Like my DMs was going ridiculous, and then when I posted something on Instagram, I, I seen like mad four year olds arguing about like whether it's Kansas or Indiana or St. John's or whatnot. So it was most definitely like I, I knew I knew it was going to be ridiculous. Yeah, well, it was. And then you came to campus. Walk us through your first time in Bloomington. What struck you the most on your visit? Um, just like I've never been in a college town like this before. It's, it's a different, it's a different uh change of pace for me. Um, I've always been in Jersey. I was Jersey born, so I I was it was it was different for me to be out of my comfort zone. Like the first dunk, we also like to hear, what was it like the first time you went into Assembly Hall? Can you tell us what that experience was? It was ridiculous. They did play this tape. They played this tape with, like, all the players in there. And I knew Indiana was, like, one of the ranked leaders for having the most attendance of fans, but I didn't know it was going to be like that. Just the atmosphere, uh, you know, feeling I got was, was unmatched. Mm-hmm. So you leave the Indiana visit. You then go to Kansas after the Indiana visit, correct? No, I was at Kansas before. Oh, Kansas first and then Indiana. Oh, and right. And that was and then Indiana was your last visit, correct? Yeah. And then it became decision time. Mm-hmm. So we are, you know, uh basically going batshit crazy trying to uh take any clue that there might be on where is Mackenzie Mbako going to school. There was a lot of rumors that it was going to be Kansas. Then the tide seemed to change. You guys seem to keep it really quiet. What was it that made you decide Indiana over any other school? Because let's be honest, Kansas has gotten a lot of great players and won championships and they're a great program and there's a lot of great programs. But what was it? Was there one thing or a couple things that really tipped the scales for Indiana for you? Well, it's kind of a crazy story of how I actually committed, though. And I, I didn't tell too many people. I actually told the coaches this stuff at Bay. So, oh, let's hear it. So I was leaning towards Kansas for a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, after I took the Indiana visit, you know, I didn't want to use recency bias or anything like that. So after I came back home, I prayed. I went with the pros and cons, and I was still, you know, indecisive. So I prayed to God, and I was like, yo, God, give me a sign if I need anything uh, to tell me where I need to go. So that next morning, I was heading to school, and, you know, I'm just driving, you know, just relaxing, listening to my music in the morning. and. I look up to see an Indiana license plate. And I'm like, what? And then, like, from there on, I was like, yeah, this is the place I need to be. So, yeah. A sign so from God, destiny. Wait, wait, t- time out, time out. Are you telling me that seeing the Indiana license plate <laughs> is the reason that you chose Indiana? If you had not seen that license plate, would you have gone to Kansas? No, that's not the only reason. But I was like, I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and then, okay, so then after you see the license plate, how much time passes until you then tell your family and call the coaches and tell them? Uh, about two days. About two so days. So it, it really went down to the wire for you. Tell us about the phone call. Did you call Coach Woody? How did you communicate to Indiana that you were coming? So I told Coach Wilson, you know, can we have a, can we schedule a call later on in a week? And he was like, yeah, for sure. He's like, I, I'm, I hope it's good news. And I was like, I mean, you'll see in the next few days. So I call him, right? <laughs> I call him and then there's like, you just, he's like, everybody quiet, quiet, quiet. I'm like, what? Who is he talking to? And then I'm like, 
I, I dragged it out a little bit, like, you know, cause listen, um, after long consideration with my family and, you know, over the past few days, I've been thinking such and such. I like to get him into Indiana University. And then all I hear is roar in the background. I'm like, what? You got the whole staff there. Everybody just going crazy. So it it's cool. a good thing it was good news. It's a big <laughs> risk you took. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd speak a little bit. What, do, what does that tell you about that program, that coaching staff? Um, not only that they were all in that room together, but that your commitment meant so much to them. Yeah, it just showed how genuine and how real they were. You know, just being able to make it like seem so family, you know, orientated and, you know, make it seem like home, a second home. Uh, I want to ask this because, as you know, we're very involved in NIL and have our collective and we may have an announcement on that very soon. But beyond that, we know that NIL is part of the presentation that Indiana makes to recruits. It's part of like the official visit. Were you impressed by the NIL opportunities at Indiana and and? And like you said, this is a business these days. How much did was that a big factor for you in considering Indiana? It was definitely was a factor. Uh, you know, the people I'm signed with already had some connections here in Indiana, so it did make it a little bit easier to make that decision when it came to when it came down to NIL. So I felt like with the business decision, that was definitely played a part in it. And you're you're with CAA, correct? Yeah. Great. One of the the most respected, biggest agencies for not just sports, but entertainment as well. Uh, I I do wonder as you it it seems so much for a young man just to to be working on your game. And then you got school to think about. And and then you do have this business to run now, which really wasn't a thing until recently. How hands-on are you with that? Or how much do you just have the right people around you, whether it be agents, family, that that can handle most of that so you can stay focused on the, the grades and the court? Well, I was always taught to be like, you know, just be in the know of everything. You know, when, when deals are being made, when conversations and business calls are being made, just be on top of it. So... Everything goes through my family, but I'm most definitely a part of it. Talking to my agent, you know, having one-on-one phone calls, having group phone calls weekly, seeing what's going on, what's new, and what what we can work on. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, it's most definitely cool being able to see like how how business works in the sports industry. Listen, you're a different breed. I mean, you're you're a cool cat that uses phrases like recency bias, and you're 18 years old. There aren't many. You are 18, right? Yeah. When you turn 19? In November. Yeah. I mean, you're already more mature and smarter than Ward and I. And that's that's well, borderline I, offensive. Well, and that's and like that's not an impressive thing. There's there's other smarter, more mature people that you're beyond. I I wonder if has it has it always been like this for you? Does this all just come naturally to you? Or do you do you have to wake up and, and work on these things consciously? Uh, most definitely work on it constantly. It doesn't. It doesn't just happen, you know. Just being on those, you know, financial literacy calls, uh, talking to my uncles who who do business, and just having those conversations. Something that piques my interest. Well, Mac, you've given us a lot of time. You're a busy guy right now. You're still settling into the greatest place in the world. Uh, I want to just thank you for giving us this time. I want to thank you for, well, actually, I want to thank God for putting that license plate in front of you. Uh, by the way, I did think you were going to say, while I love the license plate story, I thought you were going to say, I was driving driving around and listening to the radio, 
And then this guy, John Cougar Mellencamp, came on the radio. <laughs> that was going to be the tipping point. That's where I thought the story was maybe going to go. But the license plate works. So it does prove once and for all, by the way, that God is a Hoosier. That that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, we are over the moon that you have decided to bring you and your family to be part of our Indiana University family. We got your back now and forever because once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. We cannot wait to watch you in the candy stripes at Assembly Hall and on the road and playing in huge games uh, what are you most excited about in this upcoming year? There's a lot of big games on the schedule. I'm just excited to play and show our talents for because I feel like we can win a Big Ten championship and, and move on to even bigger things. Love it. We love to hear it. Uh, Mac, welcome to Indiana University. Uh, we will try to get back there as soon as we can to see you in Assembly Hall. In fact, we will. We'll be there in August, but we want to get back during the season, too. There's going to be 17,000 Hoosiers screaming like crazy for you in Assembly Hall and a million of us all across the country and world this season. So good luck. Take care of yourself and uh, enjoy being an Indiana Hoosier. All right. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. That is an impressive serious young man would you say that he's got his shit together yeah i mean recency bias yeah i i we i think we both had a like oh i like i've been trying to work that into my vocabulary lately (laughs) no that was good financial literacy courses uh like that is a dude who realized where his path could take him. He had people around him who realized where his path could take him. And no one was going to let that slip through the cracks. They were all going to rally around him and provide him with, it sounds like every kind of support that you would need in an ideal situation to be prepared for everything that's about to come in his life. Uh, It is, it is completely impressive. Well, and I think you're seeing a, a second generation American dream. And I, I was being facetious about his parents going to Rutgers and wanting a better life for him in sure. Bloomington. Also, I was very serious about that. But that, you know, here his parents are immigrants. They meet. Um, and, and then, you know, I'm sure all of the children are impressive and have a bright future. But clearly they can see, well, this kid now, you know, in just the second generation uh, can can then get get completely tapped into the American dream of potentially generational wealth and let's all work together as a unit um, to, to make sure he has everything he needs to succeed. And then for him and that family and everybody else around them to then look at Indiana university and be like, yes, this is the right choice to continue on that path. I think it says a lot about the coaching staff and the whole program. And when you have a family like that, who clearly has their eyes on the prize and says, yes, you are good enough for my child. The child himself who's been brought up in this environment is like, yes, I choose you. It says a lot. It says a lot about what we got going on in Bloomington. I agree. I found this quote from him when asked about his long-term goals. Making it to the NBA, of course, but this is what interested me. And then creating generational wealth, to use the phrase that you just used. Nice. Then creating generational wealth for my family and my family to come. Making a brand for myself that can follow me even after I've died and having an impact on the world, however that may be. I mean, that is a guy who is thinking 
forward and thinking long term. And look, I love the honesty. You know how I am about about false modesty, right? I, I hate it. And this is a guy who, you know, I think that there is a stigma or at least people think there's a stigma on referring to this NIL world and, and your college life as a basketball player, especially an elite one, as a business. He doesn't shy away from it. That's what it is. It was a business decision to not play at Duke because he didn't think that was going to best prepare him on the path that you just laid out, Ward. And Indiana was a better business decision for him, not just for the path that would get him to the NBA the quickest, but for NIL, for the relationships that his representation already has, by the way, his representation, the same representation that was with Khalil Ware, who we made an NIL deal with, hint, hint, wink, wink, maybe something else coming soon. I just, I love the sobering, uh, the sober attitude that he has about the world that he's in and it's and just the seriousness in which he treats it. It's practical, pragmatic, clear-eyed, and it's fascinating to be talking to an 18-year-old young man where NIL has now been a part of the conversation since he was like a junior in high school because it's been so much about the transfer portal guys or guys a last-second recruitment like a, a Malik, you know, but now we're looking at a generation of kids who are going to be coming up from middle school, high school, AAU, and this is this is the new normal. This is normal for them. They are going into this process for the first time with NIL being a part of the deal. And and it's not just that clearly we uh, as a program are presenting the NIL in a favorable light. It is that the NIL at IU is in a really strong position. And you and I have been hearing stuff in the last couple of days about this reputation, you know, nationally that iu is doing very well in the nil space which is a good reminder for people yeah, to don't, go to don't don't be you're being falsely modest now. no 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 i'm i'm getting to it go to yeah but w but the, we we didn't hear about the reputation of indiana's nil efforts we heard about the reputation that hoosier hysterics nil collective has that's what we heard about i, I heard a more general one that was on the pigs message boards oh you're talking about that one okay fair. yeah but then also something very i'm specific. just focused on us man i know you are god bless you thank thank goodness you are <laughs> but the fact of the matter is it's working people you all are are not only listening you're contributing and it's working and it's not just in our own little echo chamber where we think this is working it's not just that we're better than purdue with this it's that we are in the conversation nationally as one of the very best if not the best, NIL programs. So keep up the great work, people. Totally agree. Uh, and just never forget that always good to find out what gets you fired up on the D. <laughs> you know, it's historic. I've asked some really bad questions. But today, this interview was the worst question I ever asked. I mean, it, it was... It was, I can't wait. Cause I know what's going to happen later. If you have the time, you will clip just that out and send it to me. Uh, most likely, but we both know it's going to be really late when I edit this. So I might be over it at that point. Just, I love that this guy who's very serious and sober and <laughs> it, he couldn't, he couldn't keep it together. He just could not keep it together. As soon as I said, D I knew what I had done. I first looked to you. It didn't look like it hit you, but then his big smile just creeps up down below, and I'm like, I am so scared. Lord, I heard it. 
it registered, but I was trying everything for it not to register on my face, hoping that maybe he wouldn't and we could just move on. But when he broke, I had to break. That's what you get with the Hoosier Hysterics. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics. For the Hysterics, no E. No I. Jesus Christ. Nailed it. Nailed it. No, you didn't there was a lag. It. There was a lag. I said it right after you said it. Did no, it you seem didn't. like there was a no, lag? No, you didn't. No, there was no <laughs> lag. Do you want to try it again? Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No, no, <laughs> that was you. That was I you. was seeing if you would jump in and do the no e. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No e. No i. But the sometimes why. We'll see you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know by now, we 